Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right. Welcome to Side Action, episode 83. I think that's the right number. Uh, episode 14 of season three. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. So, Action, how was your weekend? I don't know if you did anything exciting. Um, you know, it's winter wonderland. It's not snowing yet, but temperature's dropping. Yeah, it's very chilly. We got out and picked up a Christmas tree. That was oh, that's right. the big, exciting excursion of the weekend. I think that was the only time we really left the house outside of the grocery store. So nice. lots of couch time and football and just working around the house. How about you? Well, I, as I mentioned before the podcast, I'm working a tremendous amount. Uh, I worked all day Sunday pretty much, but I did get to go out. You know, there's lots of these pop-up type things for Christmas around Chicago. There's this place called the, it's called like Frosty's uh, Christmas Tree Farm or something. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a it's an Instagram trap. Um, so you, you go in there, and you, they have a bunch of setups like Frosty the Snowman and the Grinch and Yo- Baby Yoda with a present, and you can take pictures in front of it. But it's a pretty cool setup. You're outside. It's very pretty. They give you a, a donut. I ended up stupidly buying the full donut package which was a 12 pack wow. which i was eating donuts for four days i think it gained some weight action um i didn't i didn't pound all 12 but uh i had a good eight donuts there so but it was a good time and um you know i definitely recommend it for the the chicagoans in the group it's in it's off of goose island off the elston area i think they had a bar last year indoors this group i think it was frosty's whatever yeah. indoor something or other and they also do like pumpkin jacks, uh, whatever, uh, like, you know, basically a pumpkin patch, same kind of concept. So they, they know you got to pay money to get in. You know, they, they know what they're doing. They're yeah. making some yeah. Those Instagram tra- traps are a very lucrative business, I understand. Yeah, they're like the Wonder Museum or these pop-up museums that pop up. I mean, you know, we're on Instagram, but. Uh, you know, I, I didn't end up posting the pics. I, I guess I should have. It's a little late. I could say I went this weekend or something. But, I mean, it's, you know, it was it's good to get out. I needed to get out. I Like you said, I barely get out of the house. I went to the grocery store as well. That's pretty much it. Um, so, and, uh, but, yeah, you know, we had a, another good week, obviously. Personally, in the books, you know, pop break even. I'm I'm, I'm not chasing totals anymore, action. I'm, I'm not doing good on the totals right now, but pretty good on the sides. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, I find that totals are a lot tougher, too, and all sports, really. But uh, definitely in the NFL, that the sides, it seems like we have a little bit more clarity when we're playing sides or even teasers, personally, versus the totals. So, agreed. Gotcha. Well, let's jump into the episode. Uh, You know, obviously, I didn't have a lot of COVID updates. You know, when I check on Tuesdays, I checked last night because I was working too much. There was the injury report and the COVID report was a little murky. It was like everybody was not practicing. But um, I did note that Carolina has six guys, at least in the COVID protocol, including their wide receivers, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Um, and then obviously you got Pittsburgh. Uh, Marcus Pouncey was on that list. He missed Monday's game outright. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to miss this game. He probably has to get a couple negative tests. I didn't see anybody of note when I checked. I don't know if you looked again today, but those were the ones, the names that I saw. Yeah, I mean, I did see that, in fact, Carolina and Denver is still off the board at like almost every shop that I follow. So I think there might be a couple of questionable players on the Broncos side as well that's keeping that game off the board. But, you know, like we say every week, I think it's prudent just to check on Saturday. There's a lot more information that comes out, and uh, it seems like this disease kind of passes in a 10- to 14-day span. So Mm -hmm. you might have some players that are coming off of COVID protocol late this week as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, they made it a big story. Obviously, we'll, you know, we we didn't talk about it. I mean, we did last week the Tuesday night football, which is just weird uh, with the Ravens. You know, you saw that weird story that Des Bryant, mm-hmm. he was on the field warming up, and they, like, pull him off the field. Now, granted, I think that is a mistake in the protocol. He he had an inconclusive test the day before, which we've talked about. That's 
that's kind of by rule they have to have that test. If he has an inconclusive, inconclusive, he has to have a, a negative test to, to be on the field. So that seems to be a slip there. And he was ruled positive and like taken off the field. And he was while he was running around the field without a mask. I mean, whatever. I mean, in the end, it is what it is. But it's just funny for a team that got basically an extra seven, eight days to play their game and then, you know, moved again mm-hmm. to their benefit. And they're still messing things up. Yeah, and then you saw all the photos floating around of him, like hugging the Cowboys players oh, yeah. and coaches. <laughs> exactly. So I know. that's not to laugh about, but it'll be interesting to see if the the virus was shed across <laughs> picket lines there. I know it's true. It's true. Um, what else? So let's go into the week uh, re- week thirteen recap. Uh, just general numbers it, again, kind of the trend of the season. I think this is following for you know, week thirteen most of the season. Road winners, you know, nine nine out of 15 games won by the road team again. So this home field advantage doesn't exist in 2020. And follow suit, nine dogs. Now, they weren't all road dogs, but nine dogs over six favorites in this week, at least in the numbers that I check. So, you know, dogs are just killing it this year. And then lastly, the overs are, again, over-under splits are pretty close. It was really six, eight, and one over uh, six overs eight unders and one push i rated in the minnesota jacksonville game so yeah we've been talking about all season the road teams and dogs that's that's the story yeah i think it's just more data points to point out that home field advantage really is almost less than one i don't Mm -hmm. even think it's worth one at this point in the season i think you're finding that way more so the disruption in schedule and travel for some of these teams is becoming a little bit more of an issue I think the Pittsburgh Steelers were one glaring team that shows up this week. They have been, unfortunately, one team that has their schedule disrupted almost the entire football season. Right. And I think it's starting to catch up with them. It did. Well, it certainly did on, on uh, when we watched them play on Monday night. Uh, so, you know, let's go into some of our positives for the week. You you rated it, and it's true, the, the Saints defense, you know, they came through again playing really tough against Fal- the Falcons, and the Falcons have been a high-flying offense except against the Saints, and they won this game outright 21-16, and we got our cover. Yeah, the Saints' defense was great again. They didn't need to rely on Taysom Hill, although he did have his first couple of touchdown passes. He did. That dude was wide open, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, hard to miss that throw. <laughs> but uh, this defense is rated number two in the league, I think, and they're playing every bit at that level, even higher probably. Right. Right, absolutely. They're playing incredibly. Uh, you also put this down in, in Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense. Boy, you know, we like this game in our contest for a variety of reasons, but I got to give it to Stefanski and the gang. They just came out pulling out all the, you know, all the stops, running reverse passes to, to Baker. They're doing a lot of play action, and the Titans were no match. The final score was 41 35, but they were up, what, 41 to? 14 or 21 at some point they were destroying this team in the first half it was just over the game was over yeah I think it was like 38 to 14 at halftime or or something like that but Baker's performance was epic I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know how but DVOA rates both Jared Goff and Josh Allen as having better games than Mm -hmm. him but 334 passing yards and four touchdowns all in the first half was remarkable and I, I believe I heard that his expected completion percentage which is sort of a metric of accuracy was one of the tops in the entire season in that first half. Well, he was throwing to wide open guys. I could see it. Uh, but also I just like the, you know, the variety of play calling. I thought when they lost Beckham, the, the offense took a little step back for a few weeks, but it may have been just the weather. We talked a couple times in mm-hmm. Cleveland, they had some awful weather that's kind of slowed down that team. I'll tell you, if they can throw the ball halfway like they did against the Titans, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, they're not officially in the playoffs, but they are nine and three, guaranteeing their first winning season. And we put 13 years. Um, it's just incredible. I mean, they're definitely going to be a team that nobody will want to play come uh, January. Yeah, kind of makes you wonder why they didn't save some of those games for or plays for the big division games that come up. I know they've got Baltimore this week and Pittsburgh uh, future on the schedule, but maybe Stefanski and company have more of them in their playbook. Well, agreed. We'll see what happens. Uh, I put the Washington, or you, you put this too, the Washington football team, um, and I, I agree with you on this one. 
this team is young. This team is hungry. But I think more importantly, you know, with the, the leadership of Alex Smith, who obviously is the comeback player of the year, and they really have Coach Rivera also, who you know, basically coached through cancer treatments. They're really playing. They're, there's something else there, isn't there? They really have a shot in the NFC East. Uh, and them winning at Pittsburgh showed me something. They were down 14 nothing. It wasn't looking too good. Closed the game 23-3, to and that's kind of the – they did that against Dallas, too. They're definitely a really good second-half, fourth-quarter team, aren't they? Winning 23-17. Yeah. yeah, I mean, outscored the Steelers in the second half 20-3. to And mm-hmm. I got to admit, at halftime, I kind of felt like the Steelers were just going to ice that game away in the second half. And yep. Alex Smith really led them to that victory. I think it, it all really turned on that kick right before halftime when – he ran off the field with the football. I'm sure you've heard stories about that all week and essentially got okay. the Washington team a free timeout. And right. uh, that field goal kind of gave them some momentum going into the second half, odd as it was. Yeah, it gave them some life. They really weren't doing much early. And But again, you know, Alex Smith, uh, capable quarterback, making things happen, always been a winner, you know, with the Chiefs and and this defense, we've been talking about them all the time. I, I don't know the DVOA on it, but I think they're in the top five uh, for sure in defenses. So, Yeah, Chase uh, Young was awesome on Monday night too. And so was, what's his name, Montez Sweat. The guy had like three knock passes, including the tip for the interception. Mm-hmm. Um, the other team in the NFC East, you know, we were, we were dogging the NFC least all season. But it's funny, the two teams we didn't expect doing well, doing well are the ones that are going to be fighting for the division, the Giants. Going to Ridgeway's team, and I know you didn't want to follow me last week, but um, you know this is one I was I was on. But uh, you know they started off 0 and 5, and now they've turned it around, going 5 and 2 in their last seven. They go to Seattle and hold them to 12 points. I don't even know if that's possible. And they won 17-12 outright. Your guy Joe Judge, you were talking him up too. He's he's got him in first place in the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, the guy can definitely coach, and you got to have some mention in here of Wayne Gallman without Saquon Barkley being out. Uh, Gallman has stepped up big time and really run, racked off some serious run yards lately, 135 yards on the ground this week, and really kind of allowed Colt McCoy just to be a game manager, which he was with only 105 yards passing. They right. really won that game with their defense. Yeah, and that's what they've been doing. They've been playing these kind of close-to-the-best games, don't know if it's going to work in the playoffs uh, or even to win the division, but we'll see. Let's go to the negatives. You didn't put this one on. I did. The Bears. Oh, God. The Bears blow a 10-point lead at home. They're up 30-20 to with 4.33 to play. They kick the ball back to Detroit, give up a long drive. Inexplicably to me action, trying to throw the ball on third down when you're up in the game. Force the fumble. There you go. They get the ball back. Another touchdown by Detroit. Detroit steals the game. Nagy's got to go. I mean, pace is pretty much out the door, but at this point, I just can't I can't see it. I can't see Nagy returning next year. If they do, of course, the McCaskies are losing the fan base. <laughs> Maybe. So do you clean house and get rid of Trubisky and uh, the backup quarterback as well, Foles? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, go full, I go full scale. I mean, you could maybe keep Foles around, but – you're going to have to find another solution here. I mean, you know Trubisky isn't the answer. Foles, to me, really isn't either. He's just kind of a stopgap guy. Maybe you can get Fitz, Fitzmagic to leave leave Miami now, or maybe you go and play for, for Jimmy G or something. I don't know what's going on. I know there's talk about him leaving San Francisco. I don't know. It's just it's a total blow-up situation. I mean, I just we've talked about this off-air many times. To me, obviously, the biggest draft in Pace's career was was the Trubisky draft when he passes on two probably Hall of Fame guys in Mahomes and Watson. Um, and, and his first rounds are epically bad. I mean, he's had you know, the Kevin White experiment, you know, Leonard Floyd. Really, on the field, you got to have the guys. But also, I think the Khalil Mack trade was a mistake. I mean, my buddies might not have said that, especially at the time. They just gave up too many picks, and, and now they, they couldn't even – you know, backfill the last couple of years. And so you're in a situation where you put all their chips on the table trying to follow Mitch Trubisky when you got the Mac situation and you haven't delivered. And now they've lost, what, five straight games now? Maybe six. Maybe six straight games. They were five and one at one time, action. I mean, yeah, five yeah six straight now. games. So it's just they, they're losing it. And um, 
I'm not sure. I mean, we've got a loyal fan base and an ownership group that doesn't really care that much about winning football, but see what happens. Yeah. The <laughs> next one I think is the flip side, the Giants, the Seattle Seahawks I had to add on there. And, and yeah. Russell Wilson really just – he's totally blown the MVP. I think I can yep. rip up that ticket and throw it in the garbage right yep. now. But Russell Wilson was pitiful, 28 out of 43, 263 passing yards, just not getting it done. Now, what do you think that's about? Do you think that it's not just Russell, right? I mean, he he actually keeps them afloat. They 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 let you know Russell cook, as they say. Is it just because they're not running the ball anymore? I mean, they didn't early in the season, but in these games against tougher teams, you got to kind of run the ball. It seems like the Giants and teams that are kind of trying to bottle up Wilson a little bit. It, I mean, that that's what's effective. Yeah, I mean, you got to put a spy on him, obviously, but you do see this offense take a downturn when both the running backs got hurt. Mm -hmm. was probably going on three or four weeks ago now. And I do think that's impacted the offense for sure. Right. We'll see. I mean, they're still in the mix for the, for the West. They're going to likely make the playoffs. We'll see if they can right the ship. They definitely have the right guy at quarterback in general, but you're right. He's not going to win the MVP. It's, it's now probably what Rogers Mahomes, although my guy, Josh Allen, he's, he's making a play. Um, (laughs) Well, let's talk about the worst play in history, unless you are trying to get the number one pick. Uh, your Jets, uh, they had, they did, they they covered the they covered the spread. Congratulations! They should have won their game outright against the Raiders, up with you know less than a few seconds to go. Defensive coordinator Greg Williams brings the house. I mean, he brought the pain. He brought eight guys. He left three guys in coverage, one on one, including Rugs, uh, for the Raiders, and he runs free. And you know what? Carr just stepped up, chucked it deep. They lose in the last play of the game. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. No, I think there is a stat that came out from ESPN. Like the last 10 plus seasons, every they ran every single play with those game situations and goal to go and time on the clock, and no one has ever called that defense. So, uh, you know, and, I, was, I saw Hasselbeck was was showing that that Williams has done this in other places before, um, and it's worked. I guess he, you know, with the Saints and somewhere else but it's like i don't know man i mean play it safe just knock the ball down yeah i could see it working in different situations when it actually might you know have some feasibility but when that is the only option for the quarterback i just don't understand it and it clearly allowed the raiders to win the game and saved a bunch of survivor butts and Mm -hmm. saved a teaser ticket for me so that, (laughs) that worked out all right that's funny. Yeah, but obviously the Raiders are kind of struggling a little bit. We'll see how they do this week. And then you put this one, Chargers going to charge or <laughs> 45 to nothing. This was our lone blemish on the week, and we were both on this. I mean, it wasn't like it was I talked you into this, but damn, Anthony Lynn and his team, they've quit on him. And the Patriots, what's funny about it is they threw for 126 yards. How do you throw for 126 yards and score 45 points? I mean, they had a punt return. Right or, or was it yeah punt return yeah, for a punt touchdown? Punt return touchdown that blocked kick at the end of the half, which was just uh, laughable. And I think there was a third special teams or defensive touchdown in there too. But I mean this loss when you account for the point spread, the Chargers actually flipped to a two point favorite by kickoff. It so mm-hmm. seemingly there was some money coming in on them, and they ended up losing a forty seven point differential against nice. the spread which has to be one of the worst ATS losses in a long time. <laughs> well, somebody, I heard some stat that they, on the season, they're only like minus 69 point differential, but 45 of it was <laughs> one game. So that's rough. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Lynn must go. Hashtag fire Anthony Lynn. It was on, it was on my post last week when we put, put the podcast out. So even though we, we obviously backed him, so... The last one is. I think we can quit on the Chargers, though. Yeah, we're quitting the Chargers, absolutely. Um, the last one is is Doug Peterson. I, I think this guy, and it's funny, he we won a Super Bowl. Um, he won a Super Bowl with a good team, a great coaching staff. I think this guy's garbage. I, I think we we he finally turned to Jalen Hurts when they're down by 20 points, you know, in the in the near fourth quarter. Um, you know, Philly was just awful against Green Bay on Sunday. Now, Hertz gave him a little shot in the arm. They scored a touchdown, you know, but then they gave up a 50-yard run to – or 60-yard run to uh, – what's his name? Aaron Jones. But they lose their fourth straight. They lose 30-16. to 16. They don't cover the spread. 
Now, Hertz will start this week instead of Wentz, but um, honestly, the offensive line is garbage too. So I, I, it's not just Peterson, but I just – why did he wait so long? Yeah, I don't understand it. It seems like he just has faith in Wentz. I know that they've been pretty joined at the hip ever since he joined the team, and mm. uh, it's clear that they had to test out Hertz, and it's now he's officially the starter. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Philadelphia offense fares with the quarterback change. Right. I mean, I do think that if they run some more bootlegs or whatever for him, it'll be better. I just don't know why they didn't do it with Wentz. Uh, you know, so, but and we'll see what happens. I mean, the Eagles, to me, probably, I mean, the Cowboys and Eagles, I mean, I had them both right there for this division. Got to be the biggest disappointments on the year. Not even a question. I mean, the Chargers are probably close after that, but um, yeah. I'm going to say. All right. Well, injuries, I only noted a few. You know, like I said, when I checked the report, everybody was like questionable, did not limited practice. So I couldn't really discern who was a real questionable. But of note, um, Jonah Williams, who's the, you know, the Bengals offensive tackle, he's on IR with a knee. Uh, so that's, you know, a loss. Not that they were going to be great, but they've played okay the last couple of weeks. And then your guy, uh, Raven Clark, he's out for with his Achilles for the year for the Colts. Offensive tackle that that could hurt. I don't know if he was a yeah. starter. Is he a starter? Starter, yeah, I think right? So. On the right tackle, yeah. And then the last one I had was a suspension. AJ Bouye uh, from Denver, cornerback. Uh, he's suspended. I don't know if that matters. Of course, that game may not happen, as you said, with the Panthers. So, not a lot of names that I saw, unless you have some other injuries to add. Yeah, uh, Bud Dupree. I, I can't remember. He might have been out last week as well, but. Uh, yeah. Steelers pass rusher, it sounds like he's out for the season now. Yep, so yep. significant loss on that defense. And uh, that's really the only other name that comes to mind at the moment. Okay, gotcha. Well, let's jump into our previews for week 14. Uh, we want to keep it rolling here. And we'll, we obviously won't pick this game going tonight, but the New England's going to the Rams. Uh, that's kind of an interesting matchup. It opened up as a, the Rams at six and a half, 44 and a half point total. In the circuit contest, it's down to four and a half for the Rams with a 44 and a half point total. I know we're not uh, talking in terms of the contest, but you know, do you, do you think that New England's catching fire? They've won some games lately. They've certainly won what, three in a row now. I don't love the team, but four and a half, I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably still go Rams here. I don't know what you think. Yeah, uh, ditto. I mean, there's been significant money come in on New England. You've seen mm -hmm. it go from a six and a half opener down to four and a half. And I actually grabbed L.A. minus four myself. I think okay. that a lot of folks are looking at this as a good scheduling spot. The mm -hmm. Patriots have stayed in L.A. all week after playing at the Chargers last weekend. So um, I just can't see it, though. I don't think that this Patriots offense is going to be able to do much against the Rams D and right. the, the Patriots defense is one of the worst in the league. So, right. and I think that McVay is going to be relish this opportunity to get a second shot facing Belichick after the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. A little payback, a little payback with less stakes. Uh, I agree with you. I, I like that spot. Well, let's go to the games that Matt for us. Um, first one, you know, my, my beloved hosting Houston, uh, Chicago hosting Houston, Houston opens a three-point favorite. I don't know when that was with a 46 <laughs> total. <laughs> Maybe that was, I don't know, a long time ago. Now it's a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road with a 44-and-a-half-point total. I understand the line action um, in terms of, you know, the Bears obviously kind of suck and, and everything. It's not like Houston's any better. And we we definitely liked, um, what was it, the Titans last? No, who was who played Houston? The Colts. The Colts. We liked the Colts to, to maul them. It was actually pretty close. We got saved on that one. Do you do you follow this one and a half? I mean, I wouldn't probably put it in a contest play, but do you like Watson? You know, the narrative that oh, he, I got snubbed by the Bears. Let me go light him up in Chicago. No, I don't. I don't have any interest in playing that narrative angle, and I, I understand it. Some people mm -hmm. look at it that way, but I just saw this Houston offense. Granted, they put up 20 points in the first half against Indianapolis, but yeah. they got blanked in the second half. Mm -hmm. And I think that this offense has some serious problems. They can't run the ball. And they're right. most definitely not going to be able to run it against the Bears. Right. And they're still without the pass catchers on the outside. So mm -hmm. I have a lean to Chicago in this game. Mm -hmm. But I do agree with you that we should probably maybe set it aside for now and pick some others. No, I agree. I mean, I, I've got the Bears as the pick in the index. I just I can't trust the team. So mm -hmm. what can I say? And they're my team. 
All right, let's go to this one. Minnesota is going to Tampa. Minnesota's been on a roll, even though they probably should have beat last week. Um, Tampa Open is a six-point favorite at home, 52.5-point total. In the contest, it's 6.5, 51.5-point total. Tough one here, Action. I think that Tampa, coming off the bye, I'm thinking that they're going to fix some of their issues. They should be able to slow down uh, Dalvin Cook in the run game. And that Minnesota pass defense sucks. So this is screaming Tampa, even at the six and a half to me. I don't know if I'm going contest, but do you see any other way here? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Tampa is definitely the play here. Number one, rush defense, DVOA. And I think that the buy is certainly only going to serve to help the Buccaneers here. And Mm -hmm. uh, I heard that the latest practice report today had Eric Kendricks, which is the Vikings middle linebacker, Mm -hmm. as a DNP. And uh, if he doesn't play on Sunday, I think that'll be a significant loss for the Vikings. And I fully expect that Tampa Bay is going to be ready to put up some points. So, well, the other thing can... is it's a step up in class. Minnesota's played yeah. really well, but they've played what? They played um, the the Jags. They almost got beat. They played the Bears. Um, they should have, and they got beat by the Cowboys a couple weeks. Knocked me out of Survivor. They haven't really played great opponents lately either. So, not that Tampa's great, but. They're certainly upper tier versus who they've been playing. Yeah, three three straight losses against the spread for the Vikings, Dallas, mm-hmm. Carolina, and Jacksonville. Not exactly murderer's row. Right, exactly. Okay, uh, next game, Tennessee going to Jacksonville. Uh, Seven-and-a-half point opener for Tennessee, the road team, 53-point total. In the contest, it stayed there at seven-and-a-half, 53-point total. It's a tough, tough spot action. You know, Tennessee's got to bounce back. They kind of got destroyed, obviously, with the Browns. The Jags are a step down in competition, but have been playing better the last two weeks. I don't like that seven and a half for Tennessee, though. I don't know if I can back Jacksonville, but I would stay away from Tennessee. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, this is a really tough spot on the road in a division game. And if you remember early on in the season, the Jaguars played them tough. Granted, that was Minshew at quarterback, but. Glennon has played well the past couple weeks. Another, they probably should have won that game in Minnesota last week. So I would should've. only look to the Jaguars personally, but would like to pass for our purposes. Yeah, I know it's tough to back some of these teams, even though the Jags. Ooh, but yeah, they should have they should have beat Minnesota outright last week. And and Glennon, to your point, ironically, to, not to bring it back to my Bears, but we should. If you remember that first year, they had you know Mitch Mag- Mitch Mania. They they had Glennon. And then they did a switch early in the season to to Mitch, and Mitch played outplayed him down the stretch. But I would say that their fortunes have changed quite a bit, even though Glennon obviously is a backup. But he's playing good. He's playing solid. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so next one, interesting line here. Dallas is going to Cincinnati. Uh, Dallas opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, 43-and-a-half-point total. Um, in the contest, it's three-and-a-half. You're not showing a total for it, but I'm seeing about that same number. Why is Dallas favored by three and a half? Cincinnati's not good, but damn, like, are is Dallas good? I mean, they they had some good offense against the Ravens, especially in the first half. Defense is terrible. Yeah, I I think that Brandon Allen may have been hurt, and we oh, might be looking at a Ryan Finley start here, uh, which would <laughs> probably explain <laughs> the number, I would think, but. Uh, I don't know if I have interest in this game on either side. You definitely saw the Cowboys come out and play with some heart last night, last night, Tuesday, against the Ravens. But uh, laying three and a half on the road here, I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, they're they're still what are they? They're two and ten against the spread this year, I think. The Cowboys. I mean, they're terrible. So now Cincinnati. Early in the game, they, they got a got a quick touchdown. I'm like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna run with with um, two in, in Miami, and that didn't work out so good. So, uh, I don't, that offense is gonna struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Let's pass, pass like we always do. We pass the top of the card mostly. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Arizona um, is it going to the Giants or is it? I thought it was the other way around. It's in New York. Oh, okay, that makes a difference to me. Um, so Arizona is going to New York. Uh, obviously, Arizona is opened as a favorite, two and a half point favorite on the road, 45 point total. And now they're down to a one and a half point favorite on the road. Man, are you going to back the Giants with me this week? I, I don't love the total, uh, the uh, one and a half. I like the two and a half a lot better. But I think the Giants defense can can bottle up um, 
Murray. What do you think? Yeah, totally on board. I agree. I liked two and a half way better, but really the difference between two and a half and one and a half is not that great in the NFL. And I think this is much more of, for me personally, it's much more of a fade against the Arizona Cardinals. They are just not the same team. And I don't know if it's Kyler Murray's shoulder injury, but I mean, you look at his stats last week, I think he had like 130 passing yards and he just hasn't been the same quarterback the last couple of weeks. You've seen this team drop three out of four games and it should have been four out of four if it wasn't for the Hale Murray. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. This is certainly a drastic line move. I think the look ahead probably would have had the giants catching a lot more points, but um, regardless, I I do think it's going to be Colt McCoy again, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you heard me say last week, I'm not interested in backing him really, but I think uh, it could be a fate of Arizona. What are your thoughts? No, I agree. I think it's got to be in the mix. I'll put it as a yellow right now. Okay. Uh, but uh, I would say the Giants, they, they're they showing me something. They're running a very particular brand of football. The only downside is if Carolina, Carolina, the Cardinals can turn it up like they've done in the past, I don't think the Giants can, can win a shootout. You know, I don't think they can do that. They've got to keep it in their game script where they're grounding it out with your Wayne Gallman and completing some passes and playing great defense. But on the road, Arizona, eh, I mean, I don't know. They're just not playing the same brand of football that we saw earlier. Yep. All right, let's go to the let's go to the next one. We know this one is kind of weird with Denver going to Carolina. We talked about the COVID on Carolina's side. Carolina opened as a four-point favorite at home, 47-point total, uh, and now it's three in the contest. I've got it right about that same number from what I can see at Rivers, um, 46 and a half. You know, I was on this game originally before you kind of mentioned the stuff that this could be canceled, so maybe we pull that off. <laughs> but I was, I did like the Panthers here. Um, Denver played a really good game against Kansas City and, and hung in that game and did cover the number. I don't see them doing that this week. Not that Carolina is a gangbuster unit, but I think they can cover a three for sure. I just, I don't really want to put it in if we're only going to get the half point. We're trying to win this contest. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of curious to see this number pop up because all of the numbers on my screen that are available were four last day and a half and i saw that three today and i was like oh that's weird but i Mm -hmm. totally agree i mean a fully healthy carolina squad i mean Mm -hmm. less c-mac i think is certainly a play here but the two wide receivers if if they don't play that uh, changes things quite a bit no samuel or more could be uh difficult for them yeah, and Samuel's like a, such a versatile player. They'll be running him. They'll be doing, you know, option passes with the guys. So they need him on the field. We can check it out, I guess, if they get cleared or something. But it's too bad because okay. I do like that spot. Yeah. All right, here we go. The Kansas City Chiefs going to Miami. This is finally, you know, Miami's going to start playing some tough teams, and Kansas City keeps rolling with their schedule. Seven-and-a-half-point opener, Kansas City on the road as the favorite, 49-point total. It's basically that in the contest, seven-point favorite for Kansas City, 49-point total. Obviously, I loved the seven-and-a-half when it first came out. I was all over that for Miami. Um, But I'm kind of backing off right now, Action. I hate to do this to to our our Dolphins, but I kind of feel like Miami, as good as we – you know, we've loved them most of the season. I don't think this offense can keep up with Kansas City. That's for sure. And I don't know if this defense is as good as advertised. They, they're they really good in the red zone. You know, obviously the Flores, uh, Flores uh, coach team. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'd stay away from Miami in this one, even though I originally put it on the card. Yeah, I think that's probably the wise move here. I mean, I could even be considered talked into Kansas City, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. I, I mean, they had their letdown spot, which we kind of called on the podcast last week. Yep. Um, but... You know, is Tua going to be magically healed and come out and play quarterback in this game? Uh, I mean, it looks like, well, he did play last week, I suppose. He played. They scored 19 points against Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, come on. Different team. It's just a different team with Tua quarterback. And I think this Kansas City defense is near the top of the league. Uh, Yep. I have... I, I even heard a little bit of a snippet of an interview with Flores this week where he admitted that they're going to have a tall task on that defensive side of the ball, slowing down the Kansas City offense, which is obvious. But I think that Kansas City might be a play here. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, we talked about this last week. I'm just going to bring it up again. 
you know, really the Dolphins yards per game are middle of the pack. You know, they're like 16th overall when you've got, but their scoring defense is second. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's turnovers. You know, they do have a plus seven turnover differential as part of it. Maybe it's just that they are really good in the red zone. Um, but this team doesn't move the ball and they, they're really, they're 16th in scoring and they're 28th in yards, yards four. With Tua, that's got to be worse. I mean, they're just not the same team. So kind of like the Giants handicap, but that's against a team that's struggling. If Are they going to control the game? Are they going to get the game strip, uh, game script in their favor with Miles Gaskin running the ball against um, Miami? I don't think so. Even down, obviously down in Miami, it's maybe it's a little warmer or something. They can't see guys that get tired, but I don't really like this. I thought when it was seven and a half or we got eight in the contest – I'd be all over it, but I guess that's probably why Circa did it this way. So we might even put, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe you can talk me into Kansas City again. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that really drew my attention on uh, that game Sunday night was the woefully bad Kansas City red zone offense. Oh, I mean, horrible. in the first half, they just could not get the ball in the end of, into the end zone, and uh, that obviously will make it tough to cover seven points if you're not scoring touchdowns. So Absolutely. Right. No, I agreed. Um, and we were, we actually, Zach uh, Rainmaker and I were, were texting during that game. It's like, what are they going to do? Like run another double reverse pass in the red zone? Just yeah. throw the ball to Kelsey. Can you throw the ball to Kelsey once? Like do him a jump ball. My God. In the red zone, they never target him. It's really weird. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Let's go to the next one. Uh, your Colts are going to the, going to Las Vegas. Um, and they were favored by two and a half in the opener, 52 point total. It's really right about there, two and a half points at circa 51 and a half point total. I'm kind of all over the Colts again here. I, I know it's a road game, and Vegas is finally coming home. They need they needed some home cooking, but I don't know. This Vegas team just they're not playing good defense. We've talked about that all along. The, the Colts didn't look great in the first half against Houston, but made the adjustments. And bottom line is. They finally started running the goddamn ball. Give the ball to Taylor. Give the guy the ball. He was eviscerating the defense in the second half, and I hope they do that against Vegas. You know, and then I don't know if you know Jacobs is playing or not, but the Colts should be able to slow down that run game. Yeah, I agree definitely. I did see that Jacobs was trending towards uh, being able to play this week, and okay. um, that certainly will be a little bit of a difference for the Raiders. Although Booker has been playing pretty well in his stead, anyway. Yeah. But I I think I'm behind I'm with you on this I like the Colts this is a huge game for playoff implications huge. so I don't think that you could question the motivation on either side in this one and I just think that the Raiders defense is going to be in a difficult spot here on Sunday mm-hmm. the Colts have been running it really well you've seen Michael Pittman really take a huge role into this offense yeah. and becoming one of Rivers' main targets. And I think that the Colts will be able to score almost at will against them. So I'm with you. I'd like to lay the two and a half. Well, I, I would hope, too, that, you know, Hilton had a great game against the Texans. He hasn't done jack shit all season. But I know he always does that against the Texans. Yeah. So it'd be great to see him have a repeat, you know, against this kind of questionable Raiders secondary. But all right, well, let's – I mean, I'm not – we can go green if you want. I mean, if you're all in, I, I'm, I had it on my list. So at least yellow for sure. Um, <laughs> all right, next one, the Jets. Your Jets. Oh, man. They, uh, they're they going to Seattle this time, going across the country. They opened as a 15-point underdog at Seattle, 47.5-point total. In the contest, it's 13.5. You don't have a total there. I'm not sure why. I guess is Darnold not playing or something? We talked about they had their near win against the Raiders, and they played the best game that they played all year. You're back on the Jets, huh? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, this is a big number for the way that Seattle has been playing the last several weeks. And, I, you know, Darnold played better this mm-hmm. past weekend. Mm-hmm. I think when we spoke last week, I was talking how I preferred Flacco in some of these roles. But the Jets are quietly covering numbers now, and I think that they're getting close to that first win. I won't suggest that they could win this game on the road at Seattle, but... I think the firing of Greg Williams kind of sent a message. I believe that the league probably had a little bit to say in that because they want to quell this perception that is kind of crap in the media that they're trying to lose games. I don't believe that for a second. And I think that they're playing hard, too. You're seeing them 
play hard week in and week out, and they they've covered four out of five. So I think uh, I think they could be a play here. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know, buddy. I mean, thirteen and a half is a big number. Obviously, I get it. A uh, really favorable number. I know it's a sharps number. Ooh, this is uh, this is a bad football team, the Jets. I I know that. I don't know. I just I, I fear that it's just like they you know. Russell puts up a couple to Metcalf, they're down 14 nothing, and then they just pack it in. You know, I mean, there's no real reason for them to win. Um, if I look at Seattle's numbers, they are 31st in yards against, uh, so and they're they're terrible. So we know that there could be scoring here, um, and then they're 22nd in scoring defense. I don't know. It's hard for me to do that action. I get it. I, I understand the logic. Uh, just my stomach feels a little queasy. Uh, going, you know, just just trying to take those points against Seattle, but you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe you can talk me in if we really need a pick later. Okay, we can set it aside. Here's another one: Green Bay against Detroit. Uh, so Green Bay opened up as an eight-point favorite on the road at Detroit, 54-point total. Uh, they still are an eight-point favorite in the contest, but the t- totals ticked up to 55 and a half. The um, Patricialess uh, Lions. <laughs> Didn't play great on defense, but got the win at the Bears. One of the things I heard all about last week was how much press coverage uh, that Patricia did with his terrible secondary and that they kind of went more to a zone zone scheme, and that didn't really work if, in my mind. They actually, doing the zone scheme, the Bears ran all over them. Green Bay is going to run all over them. I just don't love eight an eight-point number. If it was a little less, I'd go after Green Bay. Green Bay has been covering numbers last couple weeks, so are you – are you still back on your Detroit Lions love or what? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to make a case here for the Packers. Yeah, you did last week too, and you were right. Yeah, I, I think this uh, Aaron Rodgers tirade is going to continue, and they're going to be playing in the Dome this weekend, and historically he has big games against the Lions. And I, I think that you might see a little bit of a depressed number here just based on the comeback last week against the Bears. Sure. And – um, they might have had the dead cat bounce with the the move from Patricia to Bevel, but I think that it's going to fade really quick this weekend. The Packers' uh, run game, I expect to be able to have their way with the Lions and similar with the receivers on the outside. Devontae Adams is on another level right now. So well, and they are the number one seed right now too, right? I mean, yeah. maybe I I mean they they've got to keep winning, so I hear it. Well, let's put it as a yellow. I could probably be talking okay. to that. I didn't go with it last week with you, and um, regrettably, you know, I went the other way in my personal bets with Philly idiocy. Um, but uh, but still, no, I mean I can see it. They they do dominate in in Detroit. Here's an interesting line. Uh, Atlanta, our, our Atlanta Falcons, uh, they're, they're going to the Chargers, uh, two of our early season darlings. Uh, the, the Falcons opened as a two and a half point favorite, 40, 45, 48 and a half point total. They're still at that two and a half point favorite in the contest with a 49 and a half point total. Any reason not to like Atlanta here? Or is it just, I'm just jumping on board too quick because jumping on, you know, Anthony Lynn's grave, so to speak. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you can make a case that you really think the Chargers have quit on Anthony Lynn Mm -hmm. and they're just not going to show up to this game, I would totally be on board with it. But I'm not really sure that's the case. I mean, you still have a rookie quarterback Mm -hmm. and he's shown flashes of brilliance this year. Sure. And I could definitely see the Chargers bouncing back on offense, especially. Mm -hmm. So. I think it's kind of a lot for the Falcons to be laying on the road. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and suggest that we should back the Chargers, but I have a hard time getting there with Atlanta personally. Okay. okay. Well, let's let's we've got a few more. Let's pass. It's better okay. to pass. Okay. Wind out pass and of course I that would be, you know, poetic justice that we go against the Chargers for once and they actually cover a number. I mean, yeah. going again just to reiterate, we went after it last week. What is it now? Is it seven straight? Not no covers for for the Chargers now. Last, uh, let's see. I, can, I put it in the notes last week. I think it was five. It was five, and now it's six or something. Spot on. Six L's in a row. <laughs> this team. Anyway, well, let's pass. All right, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Washington is going to San Francisco, but it's actually Arizona. Uh, Washington opened as a three and a half point dog on the road. Forty three and a half point total. In the contest, so San Francisco still favored at ho- at home at Arizona with a three point uh, three point 
uh, favorite, 43.5 point total. I'm all on Washington, man. I'm on this bandwagon. They're going to win this division outright. I know I'm, I just watched them on Monday Night Football, but there's something about this team. Now, San Francisco really got lit up by the Bills, man. That was kind of surprising to me. That defense is supposed to be pretty good, but I don't know, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a tough game, two teams that can play D, but I really like this Washington defense, man. Yeah, me too. And and I was surprised at the San Francisco Buffalo outcome as well. I, you know, that was our sixth pick last week yep. and you saw a ton of money come in on the Niners right before kickoff. Yep. But they certainly did not live up to expectations that night. I saw that Debo Samuel got added to the questionable tag, so Uh-oh. that's certainly something to monitor in this game. But it is a tough scheduling spot. Granted, they I think they did both play Monday night, they right? Did. So they did. same rest. And, uh, I, you know, I I could get behind this momentum train and ride the Washington defense. I, I don't hate the pick. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, I thought about it because I'm like, okay, am I just getting suckered in, right? You know, okay. But this Washington team, you know, they if they didn't go for fourth – or didn't go for two points against the Giants, went to overtime and maybe win there, and then they turned the ball five times over against the Giants the other time, this team would be seven and five. I mean, mm-hmm. not only would they be on top of the division, but they'd be I mean, right there, you know, in decent teams. And we were really chasing them early in the season. I just think if, if offensively they can just keep it going. Now, Gibson did get hurt, right? Their rookie. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, God, they, they threw the ball to McKissick like a thousand times on, on Monday night. But I think that, I don't know, I just... I question whether the 49ers, you know, Mullen is Mullen is not that great, but also their running game, they're not going to do it against Washington. They're not going to do it. So they got to throw the ball, and I don't, I don't think Mullins can do it. So yeah, just me. All right, uh, let's go with the New Orleans Saints going to Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia's got the quarterback change. New Orleans open as a seven-point favorite, 46 and 46-point total. It's six and a half in the contest with a 44-point total. You really think Jalen Hurts is going to give them a bump? I, I, I'm all over the Saints here. I don't understand the number. I do think that, you know, that they're not scoring a ton of points with with Hill at the at the helm, but and this defense is pretty good for Philly. But I just don't think that Philly can score against this defense. No, I I I could have my eyes lit up when I saw six and a half mm-hmm. pop up on the contest line today because I've already played the Saints at seven. And yep. I sure wish I could find a six and a half. I'll add my position, but I, I don't see how the Eagles are going to score. You said it right off the bat. Jalen Hurts, I'm not so sure, is going to be an upgrade in this offense. Right. He doesn't have the passing accuracy. I think the only difference that you're going to see is he, his escapability, mm-hmm. obviously. Certainly going to be some run packages, I imagine, in the game plan this week, but the Saints defense is playing on another level. Mm-hmm. We spoke about it earlier, and I don't even think that the Saints' offensive side of the ball is going to matter much in this game. I like the Philadelphia team total under. I'm going to try to go against Philadelphia in every angle I can this week, and yeah. included in the circuit contest. I mean, I've got this game at like 13, and I even though they're on the road, I don't, I don't know what the line makers are thinking here. I don't, unless I'm missing something. There's going to be a letdown spot, uh, you know, but. Maybe this is Philly's last stand. We've been talking about this for weeks. They've lost four straight games. I mean, they, they're garbage. They're terrible. So maybe it's like that thing. Like when we were when we when we went on them on San, when they went out to San Francisco, everybody was against them, and they finally won a game. Maybe that's the spot, but I, I still don't see it. So I'm I'm on board with the Saints here. All right, here we go. Primetime Sunday night football. We've got Pittsburgh going to Buffalo. It opened as a pick. Buffalo's a, uh, the total's 47 and a half at the opener. It's down to 46 and a half uh, you know, at circa, and then two and a half points favorite for the Bills. Hmm. Another head scratcher for me. Action. I love the Bills. We, you know, we were on them last year. We love this team. I love Josh Allen. I really like watching them. I love McDermott. I love everything about the Bills. I don't know why they're favored this many points. I it's it's confusing to me. They're not the better team on paper. The Steelers are coming off a loss. What's going on here? Now they don't run the ball. The Bills don't run. The Steelers don't run the ball, and the Bills you need to run the ball to get to get it going. But what's going on here? Why why wouldn't we pick the Steelers in this spot? Yeah, I, I agree. I think 
we touched on it earlier, the scheduling spot is just horrific for them. Okay. This is now their third game in 12 days. Okay, right, and, right. You know, I had always lined up this to be the Buffalo slam spot of the century, yep. but that was probably when they were going to be an underdog. Yes. And now you've seen this line move, I think, five with the look ahead was going to be Buffalo plus two and a half, and now they're favored by two and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. That uh, that's really the only the only downside I see to this play. I, I totally agree. I think that Buffalo is just playing on another level, and the Steelers' offense has been pedestrian the last several weeks. Very true. So, I think that there's some weather expected in this game, which should impact their passing game a little bit. Probably a little bit less on the Buffalo side, given Josh Allen's arm mm. uh, strength, and. Uh, I could get there with you. I think that Buffalo is certainly something we could work, uh, monitor a little bit going into Sunday night. Now, we've done well staying away from the primetime spots for the most part the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe that factors in, and maybe you're right. Maybe the Steelers are a little weary, you know, after you said t- three games in 12 days. That's that's pretty awful. I mean, I think the NFL mm-hmm. has kind of showed you we're going to give the, the Ravens every benefit of the doubt. Where You know, the Steelers, I don't know what the hell they're doing with them. And they're usually America's second team, right? But um, but I, you're putting green on Buffalo. Are you, is that what you wanted to do that? Yeah. Well, you, should we make it yellow? <laughs> or maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It's hard for me. I, I, it's going to be hard for me to go into the Steelers here, actually, action. So I can't make green. I'll give you yellow. But I just don't know. I, I don't know why Buffalo will be favored here. I, I, I don't, honestly, I, uh, again, I know the slam spot of the century. It makes sense. Oh, but, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I, I mis I misread you. I thought you were talking Buffalo. You're you lean to the Steelers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. I'm on the Steelers okay. here. I I don't see why they wouldn't be. It'd be closer to the pick, the opening number. And um, I understand the scheduling spot. I understand that Buffalo's playing great and the Steelers aren't. But this is what Mike Tomlin wants. He wants them to be a, an underdog. He wants to fire up his crew and just lay waste to this Buffalo team. Now, granted. This is a potential playoff matchup, so it's kind of a precursor, but maybe it's a stay away if we're on different sides here. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to dig into it a little bit more. I, I honestly, when I saw this number, I kind of leaned that way too. And you've uh, across the board here, there's a one that's popping up. Mm. So there's some money coming in on the Steelers sure. as we sit here on a Thursday night. Absolutely. So we can monitor that a little bit more. Okay. All right, last game, Baltimore going to Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore's open as a three-point favorite, 48-point total. In Circa, it's only it's down to one. Uh, Baltimore, one-point favorite on the road. Really interesting spot action. Um, opening game of the year, we know what happened. Baltimore eviscerated Cleveland, and it you know it didn't look like they were in the same weight class. Uh, and that's kind of happened more often than not with Cleveland, except for last week when they went to the Titans and demolished them. Baltimore didn't look good defensively to me on Monday until the second half, and they actually still were giving up some yards. So I think Cleveland can move the ball this time. It's hard for me to back Cleveland, though. I, I Can they can they do this again? Can they do this again? They're at home, sure, uh, but it's not really meaningful anymore. I mean, to me, it's the Ravens. I don't know. I don't know why we wouldn't go against the Ravens here or go with the Ravens here. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was really hoping to see something closer to three, yep. which was the opener yep. on the Cleveland side, but now you've seen a significant move. And uh, Baltimore looked a little bit better on Tuesday night football, mm-hmm. and I think, though, most of that had to do with the poorest Dallas oh, rush defense. God, yeah. Jackson didn't even have to throw the ball except for that one wide-open receiver. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and I think that Cleveland's defense is going to give up a little bit more of a fight in that area of the football game. Yep. So you do, it is a pretty big revenge spot. I think Baltimore waxed them in week mm-hmm. one. And uh, I think that it's obviously a huge divisional game. Baltimore needs it for their playoff they lives, do. Which is that part of your handicap there, just the motivation? A ledge? little bit, yeah. I mean, I know Baltimore's schedule after this game is a cakewalk. They're going to they're gonna win the next couple of games regardless of this game. So they still can make the playoffs. But I do think this is a critical game for them. And with Cleveland, it's like everybody's riding high. Oh, let's get on the Cleveland train. I don't know what happened to Tennessee last week. That was just a, a kind of a blip. That's not a team that I – that's not the Tennessee I know. So I just think Cleveland's going to – they're going to run into – you know, 
the big boys, their big brothers are going to beat them up in this game. Maybe not badly, but the one point, I mean, shit, you know, two and a half, three, that's a normal divisional game. I know it's a road spot, but we talked about it. There's no really home field advantage anymore. Yeah, true. I could maybe be talked into Baltimore. We can highlight that as a yellow. Yeah, a lot of yellows on the card. Um, well, let's. Uh... I am running uh, before you jump in. I am running really low on computer sure. juice. I need to grab my charger. But you can run through our record. I'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. So for our loyal listeners who listen to us, you know that we're in this to to win this. Uh, and we, you know, in years past, last year actually at the same stretch, we had a really good stretch. We were nine and one. But in the last three weeks, we've gone twelve and three in the contest. We're we're now up to thirty-seven and twenty-eight on the year, which is just under fifty-seven percent. We have shot up the ranks after going 4-1 last week and 5-0 the week before to 205th place, guys. We have a really good chance here. If we get in the top 50, we cash. And in the fourth quarter, we are at 178th place. So we're doing very well so far. Um, really excited about where we're at. We just want to keep keep the momentum going with four weeks to play. There's an extra week in this quarter, and I think we can do this. And um, you know, I've been texting action i'm like i called him during the work day we're at 205 you know <laughs> we definitely haven't been this close yeah. this late in the contest ever so this is exciting and um i, don't know, I did i did get a, a pop-up on my social media that last year we were also nine and one at this stage of the in the fourth quarter we had a good run at the end so we're obviously good at this time okay. of year but um i know we weren't this high in the uh the contest overall ever so yeah, definitely very exciting, and I think I responded to your text saying we've got to focus now, so here we are focusing. Exactly. And, uh, you know, this is really the crunch time of the NFL season. It's been a grind when you get to this point, and it's difficult sometimes to pick out motivation for some of these teams. Some of them have super high motivation, and others very little motivation, so certainly is a difficult part of the season and i'm optimistic we can keep it rolling absolutely well let's run through our picks for the ones that we discussed uh what we had obviously indy it's both of you know we're both on it even though that's action's team from home uh they're they're two and a half point favorites in the contest is that right yeah okay so two and a half uploaded at vegas uh i was on pittsburgh you're on buffalo we'll have to discuss this a little more that's not exactly on the same side there we like Carolina if the game is played. Um, you know, they're, they're actually uh, they're only down to three, aren't they, in the contest? Yep. So three points at home against uh, the Broncos. And, you know, if they – obviously we have to look at Curtis Samuel and such. Now, originally I was on Miami, but we're even talking about maybe going chasing Kansas City in that one, who's only a seven-point favorite now on the road. Um, and they're, at, they're actually in Miami, aren't they? Not at Kansas Correct. City. Yeah. And then um, I guess we'll stay away from the Chargers spot. You talked me off Atlanta there, so I'll, I'll stay away. But we're talking about taking uh, Washington, you know, getting some points at San Francisco to keep it rolling. That's uh, that's in the yellow category. They're a three point dog on the road. Um, you're you're over the you're on the Bears, huh? Against Houston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm lukewarm on that one. Yeah, that's milk toast. I I can't chase you on that one, but uh, but we are we are talking about Green Bay on the road at Detroit. They're eight point favorites uh, on the road. We are also on New Orleans on the road. A lot of road teams this favorites this week. Uh, New Orleans were seven in the contest at six and a half actually at Philly. We really like that number. And I don't think I can get on board with the Jets here at 13 and a half at Seattle, but I know that action really likes it. So it sounds like we have enough to pick to stay away from the Jets, but maybe he's going to rope me back in here. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have a lot of highlights on here, so we probably don't need to really talk anymore about the Jets, but you never know. We actually, in our discussion, we also talked about the Giants at home uh, getting points at one and a half. It's not on our list at the bottom because – I screwed that up. I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were at home. I thought that the Giants were on the road this time, but they're at home. So we've got a few picks yeah. that we can we can make here. I think we've got some some greens, and then we've got to just kind of sort out what we do. As we talked about the last couple of weeks, we do try to go contrarian. Even though last week we had some matchups with the consensus. Ironically, the consensus went five and zero. Oh, we went four and one. We still went up the standings because obviously it's not one person making those picks. So, um, so let's keep it rolling, action. I'm in. 
All right. Well, that uh, wraps up the episode here, uh, episode 14 of season three. Let's let's keep this contest going. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on YouTube. Follow me at Wegspool on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Good luck. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry 5 and district 4 by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0